This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio. Tom Ackerman with you, and we're joined by Billikens analyst, Billikens Hall of Famer, one of the all-time great broadcasters in this town, and that's Earl Austin Jr., also one of the great uh, writers for the St. Louis American. How are you, Earl? Yeah, I'm doing great. How about yourselves? I'm doing great. I, you know, it was a tough day yesterday for SLU, but I do want to put it in perspective here in just a minute. But first, let's talk about that game specifically. The Billikens lose 84-69 to Davidson, and it really was a repeat, at least from beyond three, uh, again, the Wildcats are able to knock down 10 of them this time. Double-digit threes go down Earl against SLU, and they get knocked out of the A-10 tournament. Yeah, they they uh, it was they it looked like a clinic again. And they, they were the best team in our league for a reason. They were 15-3 in the conference play. And uh, really, they were the only team to really handle us. We played a great schedule this year outside of Memphis, that first road game in Memphis. Uh, we played Auburn, we played UAB, we played Boise State. All these teams are, you know, really good teams, but nobody really handled us from start to finish like Davidson did. I mean, it was a matchup thing, but their size, length bothers us defensively, just their motion, good ball movement. Then when you can shoot the ball, so they got four or five kids that can really shoot that basketball, and they move the ball. And uh, I think we just, you know, two tough games, especially that tough grinder against St. Bonaventure, didn't have all the juice to, to, to match up uh, against a team of that caliber, especially when they were clicking like they were yesterday. I could see that. When you didn't have an offensive rebound in the first half, that's pretty telling. I mean, and Slew doesn't yes. get beat on the glass all that often, but you could just tell it's not easy. I mean, even for a team as tough and as fit and athletic as Slu is, it's just it's hard to play three straight games. Yep, absolutely. And uh, like the, we were right there, it was 21-18, Gibson had hit a three. And I liked where we were, and then all of a sudden they they hit four in a row. I mean, just like that, and that's not how that game turned. It went from three to fifteen in a matter of two or three minutes. You know, that two or three or four possessions, and uh, that's all it takes. And uh, you know, I guess it all hats off to Davidson, neck of a team uh, to, to watch them. They they we, they showed up twice. How good they were. Yeah, they're a heck of a basketball team. And and it's a shame that the Atlantic 10 doesn't get more teams in because I think it's a really good conference. And, you know, I work with the Missouri Valley Conference a lot, and it seems like for years we've been, you know, howling that we don't get enough attention over in the Valley. Now it's the A-10. What the heck? I mean, how how do these teams not get more attention or all nationally? It's hard, like you said. You know, for, we've had our we've had our, uh, our glory days there for a while. There, you know, there were times we were getting three, four, five. We got six in one year in 2014, and then there's just still more. You know, you see the bigger conference of getting seven, eight, nine, and this year it was. You know, we had good teams, but you know, our you know did, had some results didn't go our way in the in the 
in the non-conference. You know, if we, if we could have closed Auburn out, that would have helped our case in some other games. St. Bonaventure was a top-20 team going in. They had a big early season win, won a tournament, and then uh, kind of faltered in conference play. Dayton is a team that won the Orlando tournament, beat Kansas, put themselves in a pretty good position, but, you know, had some struggles uh, along the way. So, I think, you know, like I said, this is a one. One, if Davidson wins, they're probably the only one. If Richmond were to win, it's a two. But I think uh, it still sets up well because the league is still young. I think most of the top players will be back, uh, you know, I say, you know, unless we lose some top guys to the portal, who knows. But I think Davidson, VCU, the Billikens, Dayton is the young, one of the youngest teams in the country. Uh, I, I think uh, it, it, it bodes well for, I think, what we can see next year. How good would this slew team be next year? I think a lot depends on a big name, and that would be Javante Perkins to see what he does. But th- it's a good team, isn't it, Earl? I mean, they're going to bring a lot of people back. Yeah, obviously, uh, Javante, you know, you know, who knows how that will turn out. He's, I, I think, arguably the, the best player in the Atlantic 10 Conference. And I'd like to uh, salute the guys to win 23 after losing him, you know, before you even play a regular season game. So it, it allowed some guys, to, guys really developed. I mean, really, Yuri Collins became a first-team all-league player and all-defensive team. Gibson Jemerson became one of the premier scorers in the Atlantic 10. Not only as a shooter, he could always shoot, but he became a, a three-level scorer. You know, the game that he beat St. Bonaventure with a mid-range jumper. You know, Francis Socorro coming off injuries, sitting out. He, he up into one of the premier bigs in the conference. And then Fred Thatch became one of the best glue guys and an offensive threat. So to see guys develop and really, you know, Jordan Nesbitt is a young, burgeoning talent who you saw flashes of his freshman year. So it's a good nucleus, got a good recruiting class coming in and some good stability uh, in the program coming off a, a season of 23 wins and hopefully we think postseason. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about the future. You got to knock on wood. You just you know you hope you want you want to keep your nucleus together, and then if we do, we're, I think we'll be uh, in good shape. Yeah, I do too. I think it's a really good team, a really tough team that still has basketball ahead of it here. So, with the NCAA tournament out of their picture, now you focus on the NIT. That announcement's at eight o'clock tonight after CBS and everybody else finishes talking about March Madness. And the NIT field should be pretty good. And you know, if if SLU does accept it, which I would imagine they would, uh, you make a little run and you finish strong. They could do that. Absolutely, and I think the postseason play is a good reward for this team. I know when Javante was lost for the season, a lot of heads went down. My head was down. I almost started crying. I saw him lip off that floor. I thought, oh, my God, our season could be ruined. But I think these guys banded together. And not only did we lose Javante, we lost our assistant coach, Ford, at 29 years old, who tragically died during the offseason. So it was just a really – you lose you lose your assistant coach at 29, and then you lose your best player to an ACL. So it was a real tough time there. And to see these young men rally together and, and put together a really strong season, you know, 12, 8, 10 wins and 23 total, uh, and get to the conference semifinals and kind of and beat a good St. Bonaventure team. I think being able to play again in postseason is a, is a good reward for these young men. Travis Ford has been coaching for a long time. He really has. And, uh, you know, I I just never assume anything when it comes to coaches. These coaches come and go, but I really respect him. He has set his roots here in St. Louis, and he loves the program, and 
He's built something special, and uh, it's just getting over that hump of getting this team back to the NCAA tournament and being in the upper echelon of the A-10, which he is, uh, but but getting there is still a goal of his. But one thing that he has done is I think he has built, I don't know that he loves the word culture, but he has set a standard here in St. Louis as to what SLU basketball should be. And that whole feeling of the city's team, the city's arena, he's getting there. He really is, isn't he, Earl? Absolutely, and uh, we'll, we'll get to the NCAA tournament. I think we'll win games. I think the future is bright. I think what Travis has done, two things. First of all, he's really done a great job locally. And you look at Jordan Goodwin, you look at Yuri Collins, TJ Hargrove, Javante Perkins, Fred Thatch, just a couple hours down the road, you know, uh, uh, Jordan Nesbitt, you know, just, you know, you're getting, you, 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 you're a local kid, you, you got a chance to play big time basketball right here in your backyard, you know, Kellen Thames and Nick Kramer waiting in the wings coming in next year. The other main thing he's done is continuity within a five, six year stretch. Usually what has happened, you followed our program. We have had some beautiful runs with great recruit with great classes and go two, three tournaments and then there's a drop off. And then we gotta build right back together and then we do it again. Then we gotta build it back up, you know, and start all over again. What Travis has done is he's been able to stack good recruiting classes on top of each other. So there really hasn't been a drop off. Example, we won the tournament and went to the NCAA in 2019. And that was with Javon Bash, Tremaine Isbell, and a great senior class. Fifth year senior, you lose five guys. Normally there's a drop off. and then But then they leave and then Jordan Goodwin and Hassan French move into the prime roles. They become the stewards of the program. And with Javante Perkins coming in, and then they have success. And then they move on. Though they graduate, and then you lose Javante by injury, and then but then you got Gary Collins, Fred Thatch, uh, uh, Gibson, Jimerson, T.J. Hargrove. You got next group, and you're still winning 23. You're still going to postseason, so there really hasn't been any visible drop off. And I think that's the key to having a program. It's it's becoming sustainable, even when guys move on. Guys who are in the program are waiting to step in and become prime to, in the prime time roles. So sooner or later, then it'll translate into uh, moving further and winning games. I think that's the most important part there. We like to say a culture of winning, of uh, you know playing hard, playing defense, rebounding, but just he, he's recruiting well too, and uh, guys who are uh, playing at a high level consistently. And that that's what that's what I'm pleased with the most. Conzo Martin, one of our favorite people. I don't think it's a stretch to say that. That uh, I don't know anyone that doesn't like Conzo Martin. This one of the, this area's best basketball products, but he just could not get it done at Missouri. Earl, just how do you evaluate the situation in that program right now? Yeah, it's tough, man. You know, Conzo's one of my favorite guys. It wasn't a good week for me. I lost Conzo. I lost Bruce Weber, two guys I love very much in the coaching ranks, and they've been successful. But that's the realities of uh, of college uh, basketball. And it's tough, too, because Mizzou was in the NCAA tournament last year. They were ranked as high as 10 uh, last year. And then, uh, you know, just – you know, and then, then for what, whatever reasons, just things didn't didn't go right. And you know, I I, I think uh, you know, I think the world of him, and hopefully, I, I wish the best for him uh, as well. I think I think what ultimately hurt. I think 
that that year not having Michael Porter Jr. to the injury, that's a team that's a potential, you know, sweet 16, elite eight type of team. And then, but they had a good season. And then the following year, John Tay gets hurt, you know? So those were some years where you really, where Missouri could really, really, and they really had great, great seasons. And then that would have been even a better honeymoon period, I think. And they might put them even out there even more. But uh, like I said, I, I you hope the best for him. And uh, I think he'll bounce back. Yeah, this coaching search there, that's going to be wide open. I have no idea what they're going to do. Me neither. We need, neither. We need more absolutely. information from them first, I think. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, you know, let's look at Illinois for a minute. Now, they lost to my alma mater, Indiana, but we know how good Illinois is after an early exit from the Big Ten tournament. And then once you answer that, you know, where do you see some of the top seeds falling out? Illinois is not going to get a one. Uh, but they're going to get pretty high up there, I would imagine. And how do you see later today shaking out in Selection Sunday? Tough question to answer, I know, because we're not really totally complete here, but we have an idea. Yeah, they should get a solid seat as the Big Ten champions, no doubt about it. Uh, They got the elements. They got great shooting. They got point guard play, and they got an outstanding big man, you know, and Kofi. So, you know, depending on the matchups, you know, obviously a lot of it is matchups, but they got the elements to make a run and to, you know, several Big Ten teams. I mean, it's just going to be a, I mean, well, we saw that one day a couple of weeks ago when seven, six top teams, ten teams lost on the same day and, and, set, and nine of the top 11 or something like that. That just lets you know how volatile this thing is going to be. And you throw in the element of uh, the, the, the mid-major teams who are, old grizzled veterans and then you throw in the, the single elimination it's just going to be hard to win a game in the ncaa tournament you know much less about four or five or six of teams have aspirations of getting to that you know that final four so it, it it's just they it's going to be great it's going to be fun you look at virginia tech what they did over four days to win that ACC tournament and things like that pop up there's going to be a scheme like that that's going to do that in the NCAA tournament, a team that's a middle seed, maybe a 10, that's just going to really get hot for a couple of weeks and find themselves in a position to to make a run. Absolutely. It's going to be very exciting. And by the way, how about UMSL? Uh, the Tritons uh, go on to the regional championship in the Midwest. They play in the Midwest region championship on Monday. They'll play Hillsdale. Uh, Earl, what an exciting time for local basketball. Outstanding. Bob is doing a great job over there. Uh, they just play great defense, and uh, the win the GLVC tournament last week was a huge step. And now to take it two steps further, and now you're uh, one uh, you know one game away from uh, getting to the Elite Eight, and uh, it just you know he's just done a tremendous job. He's just been a great coach wherever he's been, but he's really uh, done a hell of a job at that at that Division Two level, or at Central Missouri State, uh, and now at Umsel, uh, you know, fantastic, and they're they're making history. I'll always love Bob Sunvold. He took care of me when I was a sixth grader at Norm Stewart's basketball <laughs> camp. I'll tell you that story sometime. Uh, he he took great, great care of me when I needed it. Uh, Earl, I really appreciate you. Thank you for doing this. All the best. Uh, let's hear some great broadcasts coming up. And thank you for the time. Enjoy Selection Sunday. Thank you, Tom. Always do. Thank you. Earl Austin Jr. with us on KMOX. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.